Welcome to the first episode of the Riding the Pine pro- podcast presented by KTSW Sports, still unsullied by sponsorships, breaking down the latest and greatest news by the college spo- sports world and beyond. I'm Andrew Zimmel, joined by knucklehead number two, Brendan Snow. We are here. Let's get it. I'm excited. Episode one, we've been pushing for this for a little bit of a while, so I'm glad that you guys are listening. We have a really good interview with sophomore phenom now, he's not a freshman anymore, Nigel Pearson. We go on and talk a little bit about uh, what else is happening in the wide world of sports. You're going to stick around and listen to it. All right, Brendan, I just want to jump down into the first big news coming out of this weekend for Texas State sports especially is the loss on homecoming, 45-35. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of us kind of expected a loss, but the, the Bobcats played a, good, they played a pretty good game. Uh, they put up their season high in points, 35 points. Offense was rolling. The defense that we normally harp on so much, they were struggling a little bit more. But like we said, New Mexico State, pretty good team with that quarterback and Larry Rose the third, who we found out Larry Rose the third was recruited by Texas State a couple years ago as a cornerback by uh, Dennis Franchoni. He was here, he was here as the coach. Instead, Larry Rose III goes to New Mexico State, and he's one of their all-time leading rushers. Isn't that the most Texas State thing, though, ever? Would be you bring a guy, you try to bring a guy in, have him play corner for you, and then all of a sudden he becomes the best running back in the uh, Sunbelt Conference? Yeah, I mean, it just kind of seems like, things, seems like that's the way things have gone for Texas State lately. Just terrible. So the other thing we wanted to point out, though, was that three different players threw a touchdown pass in that game. We had Damian Williams, who came out and had a pretty solid game, 47 attempts, 31 completions, two touchdowns, an interception, like always. So if you're playing the Damian Williams throws an interception or fumbles a ball drinking game, drink one down. Jalen Nelson, the uh, other rookie quarterback, for the freshman quarterback uh, that is kind of competing for Willie Jones with Willie Jones to figure out who is going to be that you know next quarterback. He threw a touchdown, and then Hutch White came out and threw his second touchdown pass of the season. Yeah, that's one thing that was kind of concerning. I heard that a lot in the broadcast watching the game on ESPN3. The, uh, the announcers kept saying, yeah, Texas State's scoring and keeping up with New Mexico State. But it's not from traditional offense. It's It was the reverse pass from Hutch White. There was that reverse to uh, Tyler, Tyler Watts. Watts, who ran that 76-yard and put on that you know that B move, that nice spin move he had that was kind of buzzing around Twitter a little bit. And then the Jalen Nelson one, there's a hand, just simple handoff to him, and then he threw it, tricked the whole defense uh, that way. So not really a traditional way of scoring. Yeah, got it done. I was going to mention that. I had to take my close to the dry cleaners because Tyler Watts' spin move was that dirty. Had to get an entirely new outfit, so Texas State football, expect the bill coming. Uh, the running game wasn't that great for the Bobcats. Wasn't that impressed by the way that they kind of moved the ball running-wise. Defense, like always, had a bunch of holes in the secondary. This isn't a you know week. It's not a one-week thing now. It's every single week. They've played this year. They have had trouble defending the pass two and seven now the bobcats are i don't see it getting any better from here brendan yeah they have some tough games coming up uh georgia state will be you know this upcoming saturday the last game of the senior day last home game of the season and then you play some uh, tough schools in arkansas state and troy right mm-hmm. arkansas state yeah. and troy to end the season which i mean two of the best offenses in the game everett withers talked about in the press game or post game press conference about how you know a bunch of injuries. He's probably going to have to start some walk-ons against Arkansas State and uh, Troy, which two of the best teams in the Sun Belt Conference. So you can only expect 50 points in those. So it's it, if you're a Bobcat fan, don't hold your breath. 
if you're gonna if you're I'm, gonna come to the game, I mean, stick around. But I mean, don't don't expect a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, at this point in the season, you know, you're not bowl eligible. You're not really competing for anything. It's just kind of for those young guys, those walk-ons. It's just kind of reps and pride at this moment. If Texas State doesn't win another game, like not there's not gonna be much of a difference between winning these last winning these last any, getting any wins in these last three and losing them all, other than just like how the how the record's going to look and how people are going to reflect on it. Well, I don't know. If you win the, one of the last two games against Troy, Arkansas State, well, then you can have a little bit, you can put a little bit of metal on your uh, chest. But, I mean, it's not, I don't expect a whole lot coming, especially that game, the last home game. We saw a homecoming was this last weekend. Uh, it, what? A handful of people showed up? A bunch of alums, not so many students. I mean, this is, to me, this is the worst homecoming show out I've ever seen. I came from a small high school. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't know. It was, I know it was, it was rainy that morning, but it didn't rain really at all during the game. It was, it was cloudy. The tailgates were still out. It was a 2 o'clock game, which I think is a, is a pretty fine start time to for students to be able to get out there. So once again, it's just pretty inexcusable by fans who just want to use the excuse, oh, they suck anyway, and then they're complaining when they got that email from Denise Trout about tailgating and stuff. And I just, you know, I just don't get it with the students. If it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't wake up any day before noon. So a two o'clock kickoff is fine, perfect time uh, to to play a game. I mean, and all third and fourth quarter, the second half, beautiful, sunny skies. It, it was, just, you know, it encompassed paradise that we live in. Okay, so people not showing up, that's on them. Terrible fans. It's just what can you do? And I mean, we we talk about it like with ourselves. I mean, if the team wins, people show up. Great. The team doesn't win. You still should show up. I mean, it's this dude sitting next to you in a chemistry class. Okay, support the team. Yeah, we, we say the team wins, but I don't. What are students expecting? We're not. We're not going to be A and M. We're not going to be a TCU. You're not going. We're not going to win. You know, eight to ten games yearly. You have to. Yeah. You, you have to know. You have to know where you're at. Yeah. You have to know the situation of the program that Everett Withers is coming in rebuilding. Saw a bunch of tweets going out this week. People talking about firing Everett Withers. Like, never call for the dude's job. Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes no sense. He's he's still getting his recruits in, and he he's changing the culture. He talks about that a lot, and. You know, when he first came in, he kind of kicked a lot of guys out of the program because they weren't fitting the culture. They were having bad attitudes. You have to fit his script to be a part. He doesn't care who you are. Should we hit the panic button? Uh, absolutely not. Give him, you know, next year, definitely have to see some improvement. If he go, he's going to win, say he wins two games last year, say he finishes with just two wins this year, you've, you've got to be four, maybe five wins next year. Four or five. So double the win total? Yeah, do- doubling two. It's not like we're doubling seven. I'm, I'm just saying that's a tough one. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far to say we have to double the win total, but I would say I'm starting. I'll be the opposite. I'm, I'm starting to hit the panic button. If he doesn't start winning some games, what are we gonna What are we doing here? We're just biding our time. I mean, people weren't very super ecstatic about Everett Withers hire. I mean, I was, and I I'll be the first one to say I didn't know how much this guy was gonna bring to a D1 program. He's done a really good job, but if he doesn't keep continue to win, I'm not calling for his job. I'm just saying, like, there needs to be a little bit more pressure on him there's pressure already from the alums but i'm not gonna you know there needs to be a little bit more yeah i mean you won't needs to be a little bit more that's why i'm saying about four wins i'm not i mean if he wins three next year okay he won more than last year but can you really be satisfied going from two wins two wins to three wins that's true that's true. So moving on now to Texas State basketball. It's officially underway. They had an exhibition game against St. Edwards to start the season. Holy cow, Brendan. Let me tell you something. I have never seen this much athleticism out of this team. Now, granted, I haven't been around this team nearly as much as some other people, but this team full of athletic players, Brendan, full of just bunnies. Everybody on this team has hops. And our fan favorite, Neja Pro- Provich, the su- <laughs> Neja. <laughs> Neja. Neja, last year, watched his first exhibition game 
looked slow. Wasn't I didn't really know who this guy was. I was like, we have a slow Serbian on the team, right? This year, holy cow, Brendan, this guy is coming out quick. Yeah, only played those first first five minutes before reaggravating that ankle injury, but he was he was looking good. Yeah, in those five minutes, I think he scored twice. He had four points. He was, you know, he, like you said, he was being quick, athletic. He was active on the boards. This really nice piece, starting down low, trying to complement Emmanuel King underneath because that's something Texas State didn't have a lot last year. A lot of down low presence. It was just Emmanuel King and then pretty much four guards because KGT he's that combo forward a little bit. He's I feel like he could be a small power forward, a normal small forward, maybe a big shooting guard. So you didn't really have a true, you didn't have a lot of true post play down there. And now this year with Emmanuel King, Nedja, and what we've seen from Eric Terry these two games, they could have a nice little thing going on down low. What what is Riley Chestnut calling him now? Scary Terry? That's a dumb name. I like ET a lot better. We have a good little clip. Uh, We interviewed Nigel Pearson last week. Here it is. Good sit-down conversation. So my first question was going to be, preseason rankings came out earlier yesterday. What, What did you make of them just right off the bat? Uh, I didn't really pay any attention to them. Uh, I seen they they got this preseason number six, but preseason don't matter, you know. Don't have nothing to do with what's gonna happen when the ball go up. So six, twelve, first, don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I was saying that didn't they have they had you guys ranked lower last year, and they just never learn. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, just keep playing though. That's how all that matters, you know. Last year we were twelve. We were dead last, and we finished third. Or, and, I mean, we just going to keep playing. Regardless of whatever they put us, it's not going to make a difference until the ball goes up. Okay, you got ranked third uh, on the third team for the Sunbelt Conference preseason. What did you kind of make of that? Uh, it's a blessing just to make any other teams. You know, uh, a little recognition. Uh, some people said they, they felt like I should have been higher. I mean, right. some people may not thought I should have made it at all. But then again, you know, it doesn't matter because it's just preseason. You know, when I play, when I begin to play, I'm going to let my game do the talking. If I'm worthy to be better than the third team, we win enough games, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be more, better than third team. And, you know, just going to let my game do the talking. So you are a Beaumont native. Kind of, you root for the Houston uh, Rockets. you kind of keep up with baseball at all? No, nah, I actually, uh, what was it, game five? It was the first baseball game I ever watched. <laughs> uh, so I what? watched game six too So I mean I'm starting to like it a little bit Oh there you go What'd you think Game five was a six hour game So what'd you think Of last night's game Went a little quicker uh, Last night's game It wasn't as many home runs So I mean I wasn't really into it as much But I keep Baseball is more excited Than I thought I'll have to agree I'm not a huge baseball fan But you know World Series games You tend to watch a little bit more all right, you already broke the Texas State basketball record for the team high and the program single season record of over almost 1,200 minutes. What's the next next record you're kind of looking to break, Nigel? Uh, I'm not aiming to break any records. You know, uh, I'm just trying to play basketball. And if I so happen to break one, I didn't even know that I broke the record. You know, I didn't. I wasn't chasing it or anything like that. Or even a freshman scoring record, I didn't know what was going on. I just be playing. So anything that I do while I'm playing. I just, I mean, uh, as I, said, I, mean, I don't know none, none of the record, but they don't really uh, tell us, like, you're close to breaking this record or this record is attainable. They don't tell us anything like that. So I just play and whatever they tell me afterwards. So you just I do something good, I'm happy. <laughs> there you go. So they kind of tell you, like, hey, by the way, you kind of, this isn't a huge deal, but you kind of broke this record? Yeah, something like that. Actually, <laughs> on both of, 
both of the records I found out on Twitter. So I found out probably about the same time everybody else found out. Wow. Okay. Well, if I'll tell you what, if I see that you're coming close to another record, I might throw it out there in the Twitter sphere. I might say, hey, he's coming close to this. I appreciate it. All right. What were some of your favorite athletes growing up? Because I want to point this out here. On the Texas State page where it has all your information, they misspelled James Harden's name for favorite uh, athlete right now. So I wanted to kind of give you the chance. Who's your favorite athlete growing up? Growing up, I was uh, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, uh, Kobe, of course, uh, Tracy McGrady, Tim Duncan, you know, guys, there you Kevin go. Garnett, guys like that. I, I have to respect that you threw in Tim Duncan's name. Um did you did you happen to watch the uh, 2006 NBA Finals when the Mavericks kind of choked? Of course, that's when I really became a crazy Dwayne Wade fan. Wait, you see, Nigel, he's just saying that because I'm a Mavs fan and I'm in here right now. <laughs> we have to give uh, Brendan Snow a shout out watching his Mavs choke that one away. I wanted to ask you another question because uh, I talked to you a little bit earlier in the season, uh, you and Alex. What is one of the foods that San Marcos has that Beaumont doesn't? Like, what's something that you can only get in this college town? Okay, here's one. What's something that you would only eat here? Like, do you go home and eat McDonald's? Uh, no, nah, I don't eat McDonald's at all. So let me see something I only eat at San Marcos. There you go. Uh, so you don't like McDonald's at all. So what's your favorite fast food? Favorite fast food would probably be Chick-fil-A. That's a very solid answer. That's probably the only right answer. So I asked one more question. What? How'd you pick your number, number twenty-two? Does it have anything like important to you? Oh uh, yeah, it definitely got a lot of importance. Number twenty-two. My uh, my eldest brother passed away when I was in the seventh grade, and he wore twenty-two when he was he played high school basketball. And so when he passed, I just took the number uh, twenty-two, like playing for two, also. So it just it has a lot of meaning to it. All right, Brandon, give us a real quick rundown of what you expect from this team. I expect them to be a solid a solid team. I don't think we can. I'm not gonna put the pressure and expectations on them to be as good as they were last year. You had, you know, four senior start. You started the season with four senior starters. Had three for the whole year. You know, KGT is one of the best players. In, is gonna is going down as one of the best players in program history. OJ Black was one of the best point guards Coach Casper's ever coached. And Bobby Connolly was just really solid complement at that two guard who could, you know, grit and defend and had had a lot of experience under him. This year, I still think they're gonna be a pretty solid team in that Sun Belt Conference. Not going to be in the bottom half. Not gonna, maybe not. Maybe they'll be closer to the top half. You know, a four, five, six seed in that middle area. Because I think it might take them a while to get it together and learn a little bit as a team. But after these two exhibition games that look pretty solid, I think they're going to be all right. I was going to agree. I think that they're going to come out and have a really solid beginning half of the season. We look at some of the teams that they play, Brendan. They don't play a whole lot of quote-unquote powerhouse teams. I know basketball is a little bit different than football, where if uh, you play, say, in Iowa, and you're a you know Middle Tennessee, you can see a difference there. Basketball's a little different, where you can kind of you know make up some ground when it comes to athleticism. You have a really good shooting night. But if we look at some of the teams that Texas State plays in this pre-conference, not a whole lot of super strong teams. Yeah, only a few D1 teams sticking out. Uh, you got Air Force. That's going to be the game coming up this Sunday in Colorado Springs. You get UTSA next Wednesday at home. That's going to be a big game. I hope we promote that one a lot. It's how we did UTSA football. Well, we got UTSA coming in for basketball. I hope that game's promoted. And it's, I hope Strand Call seems pretty filled. Uh, other D1 teams are going to include Colorado State. So you go, you head back to Colorado and and Rice. I mean, you, you don't get a lot really non-conference-wise. That's all it is. 
And then you look at the conference, UTA, pretty solid team. Troy, okay team. You know, App State, pretty solid team. So, I mean, you, you, you're going to come out and play a couple of scrub teams to start the pre-conference, have a pretty solid pre-conference schedule, go into the Sunbelt Conference, hopefully win more games than you lose. And then, that to me, the entire season doesn't matter. Because the Sunbelt Conference Tournament is where everything really shakes up. You saw Texas State come in last year at what, like a four seed and play in the conference championship. Yeah, and last year was that first year they changed it to where, uh, I'm pretty sure that last year was the first year they changed it to where every team made the Sunbelt Tournament. So it doesn't really matter, you know, where you where you finish in the Sunbelt season at all either. You're going to be in the tournament and you get a run and you get a chance. It's You know how college basketball works in that March Madness Tournament. It's who's ever hot at the time. Uh, who's ever winning games, who's ever knocking down shots can make a run. Oh, I mean, like, Texas State came really close last year. They had a chance to compete, and if they, if they make a couple more shots, a shot here by Bobby Conley, a couple layups here by Nigel Pearson. K- maybe KGT stays out of foul trouble. Boom, all of a sudden you're playing Duke in that first-round game, which, I mean, it's Duke, but still, like we mentioned earlier, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So Anything can happen. It's just, you know, the exposure. Maybe you're trying. Maybe Coach Castro's trying to recruit, and he's saying, hey, we're, we're we're the program from the Sun Belt Conference that just made the tournament. We got to play Jason Tatum in the first round in the first round of the tournament. Don't you want to be on the same the opportunity to play Jason Tatum? Or yeah, get a little bit more exposure. Oh, say say you blow by Jason Tatum, who was everybody said quote unquote NBA talent, which I mean he plays for my favorite team. So yeah, he's NBA talent. You blow by him a couple times, now all of a sudden you have a little bit of a highlight film going. All this stuff helps, but it comes back to you need to you don't really even need to win games in the Sun Belt Conference now. Yeah, exactly, and. I think you know Coach Casper and those coaches know that. Obviously, they're not going to play not to win. You're still going to try to play your best best basketball, but it, it gives you more. I, I like it because it gives you more leeway for, uh, for margin for error. That's what I'm for. It gives you margin for error. You know, that's something you don't get in you know in college football. You're trying to make that college football playoff. If you lose an early game, you're almost done for. Oh, you're, you're done. You're done. You don't get a chance to re, you don't get a chance to bounce back from losses. And that's what I like about college basketball. You get a chance to build off of and learn from your mistakes. I mean, what, we're going to have, like, maybe one team, maybe, yeah, probably one team in the college football playoffs that has one loss. So, you don't, you're right. You don't get to really bounce back and learn from your mistakes. Now, moving on to this is going to be the greatest part of the podcast. This is huge. The worst audio of the week. We have, you know, KTSW Radio does a lot of stuff. People make mistakes. People stumble on their world words. This isn't that. This is the, the craziest things that people have said on Bobcat Radio. Let me set the scene. Bobcat Radio, Friday edition, interviewing Gabe Lloyd. That, that, that show composes of Parker Ray, Reed Graff, and Alex Gibbs. You're really calling them out here. <laughs> Listen, so they're talking about the music you would play before uh, getting pumped up. Here it is. My two go-tos right now are like the Georgia interlude that he has. It was on his last album, and then uh, Post Malone's I Fall Apart. I always oh, Post. Know. I love Posty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I turn up for that. That's a new, that's a first though. I, I I like that. I fall apart's a good one. Uh, that's a good song. Well, I like, I like I, it. I like Candy Paint as well. I don't know how many songs you've listened to Post, but he does he does a pretty good job. Yeah, I, I, I like Candy Paint's good too. Okay, yeah. This is just coming from a, another big white boy, so another another big white boy singing. I got to support him. Now that's something that we all should appreciate. Appreciate Brendan is just how great of a soundbite that is. I like Posty too, Brendan. I'm a big Post Malone fan. Uh, Parker and I spend a lot of time together. You know, we travel to call these games and stuff. He'll hand me the ox. I'll play some Post Malone. You know, nothing against Post. We're a big fan of him. Just interesting. You know, he kind of jumped at Gabe Lloyd on that one. Oh, he, he was, was exci- very, he's very excited. He was very excited to hear that him and Gabe Lloyd listened to the same type of music. I mean, I would be too, but I, 
It's okay. Candy paint's okay. I, I mean, anything is a. It's just a fun conversation. We like the that Friday show likes to talk to those players and kind of get them on more of a personal level. They do, you know, some of those rapid fire questions. Rapid fire questions. The slowest rapid fire questions you're going to hear on any airwaves. Brendan, let's go to the next point. Let's talk a little bit about predictions. Give me, Brendan's going to lob some uh, out loops up, and I'm going to dunk down these predictions, and you're going to hear how I do next week on episode two over the Ride in the Pine podcast. Yeah, first I'm going to go ahead and keep it the Texas State one. We got to get at least one in there. We made that a rule. Texas State football this upcoming Saturday, last game of the season. You're playing Georgia State. Or, yeah, you're playing Georgia State. What, what kind of shot do you get the Bobcats? What are we looking at? Last game of the season in San Marcos. Not the last game of the season for their season. This is the last chance they're going to have to compete with a Sunbelt team. I'm going to go out and say Damon Williams throws an interception, uh, one touchdown, and we run for two touchdowns. So it's going to be 20, 20 points for the Texas State Bobcats. I'm going to say 35 to 20, Georgia State. Handing it all to handing it to uh, Georgia State there. Let's shift over to it's it's stay in college football. It's just a big game coming up this weekend. All right, let's hear it. TCU Horn Frogs at the Oklahoma Sooners Ooh. coming off that big bedlam win over OK OK States. These these are the two top teams in the Big Twelve Conference. Winner of this game will pretty much wrap up the regular season title. They're still gonna have the Big Twelve Championship game this year, which is dumb. So yeah, so these teams could easily be playing again coming up pretty soon. TCU already beat also beat OK State this year. But had that, that both these teams share similarity, they both lost to Iowa State. Interesting, interesting. I forgot that TCU had lost to Iowa State. I don't want Oklahoma to represent the Big Twelve in the Sun Belt or in the uh, college football playoffs. Um, and I don't think it, they're going to make it if they have two losses. So I'm going to go TCU over Oklahoma. Um, TCU, I'll tell you this: they have a pretty good defense. They, they held Texas to seven, uh, West Virginia at around twenty-eight when. Iowa State beat them. It was a really low-scoring game. They have a good defense. I'm going to say 27-20, to 20 and Baker Mayfield makes another Heisman performance. All right, all right. Let's shift over. You're a big NBA guy. Huge NBA guy. This is the marquee matchup of the week. You're sitting here wearing your Lakers Shaq jersey. Uh, and just early in the show, you mentioned the Boston Celtics being your favorite team. Let's do this. Well, Wednesday night, you got the L.A. Lakers going to play the Boston Celtics. 5-5 five and five L.A., 8-2 and two Boston on an eight-game win streak right now. This isn't even, this has to be a joke. Listen, Kyrie Irving is going to put Lonzo Ball in a blender, drink him with a kale smoothie. I'm telling you, Celtics all the way. I, I, I thought you were a big baller. Celtics all the way. Not, not, not accepting to <laughs> comment on that. Fair enough. <laughs> and we'll go to what people care about. Football, skiing, NFL weekend coming up. Week 10. Some of these interesting games coming up. One of the games that might not intrigue some people intrigues me. New Orleans at Buffalo. Buffalo played on oh that. New, Buffalo played on a Thursday night last week. Uh, lost the Jets, but they've been pretty. They've been a pretty solid team all year long. Uh, they're five and three, and they're playing the Saints, who are six and two on a six-game winning streak. That game in Buffalo. Buffalo's had some pretty impressive wins. They've beaten Atlanta, beaten Denver. They look like a solid team. Who are you leading there? The NFC South, to me, is one of the weaker divisions in football. I don't think... Saints, Saints open up as two-point favorites. I'm going to say Buffalo wins by seven. I'm going to say give them a seven-point advantage. All right. In the other NFL game, because I like putting pressure on you, I know you're a Minnesota Vikings fan. This won't, this won't be weekly, but this matchup intrigues me. Minnesota at Washington. The Redskins, who just mm. beat Seattle in Seattle. Low-scoring game. Their defense looked all right. Uh, Washington four and four, Minnesota six and two, leading the NFC North, coming off a bye. 
I'm going to go Vikings, and here's what. The only issue that they have right now is at quarterback. We don't know who's going to start for the Minnesota Vikings at quarterback. Could it be Teddy Bridgewater coming back? Could it be Case Keatum, the king? Could it could be Sam Bradford coming? We don't really, I don't really know who they're going to put out there at quarterback, but I do know who's going to play a wide receiver. I do know who's going to play a tight end, and I have a pretty good idea of who's going to run the ball a lot for the Vikings. I'm going Vikings over Redskins. And that defense is one of the best in the NFL by far. Easy. I think you can get to Kirk Cousins a few times. Washington's own line's been beat up. Could be interesting. Me being a Cowboy fan, either one, I mean, really, either one's kind of fine because I don't see Washington as much as a threat in division or anything. And I'd like to try to catch up to the Vikings somehow. If if the Cowboys would come back, maybe a division spot or something, they could jump the Vikings. Yeah, I don't see that happening, Brandon. I don't. I don't know if uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, catch up to the Vikings because the Vikings are going to win their division and then. At that point, you're going to be competing for a wild card spot. So it's, isn't it tough to be in the same division as the King Carson Wentz? Yeah, because I, I like Carson Wentz coming out of college. And then everyone started hyping on his bandwagon too much. And I, st- I still think he's good. But then after there's a lot of comparisons. Who's the better quarterback? Dak, Carson Wentz last year. It's Carson Wentz. A lot of arguments. And, you know, but I don't, we're not going to get into this right now. But you, get, you also have to look at the system. Don't just look at the stats. Carson Wentz is playing in a really good system right now. Mm-hmm. And Dak Prescott gets a ride. Ezekiel Elliott. Thank you for listening to the Riding the Pine podcast. Do not forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to the KTSW blog, follow the blog. If you're listening to it on any other platform, follow our platform. Listen to us as much as possible. This is episode one, Down the Books. We got to talk to the MVP of role players, Brendan Snow. I am Andrew Zimmel. Don't forget to get off the bench and get out there. Thanks, guys.